Happy Easter to you from the Vanceburg Christian Church. I want to welcome you this morning. I wish I was welcoming you at the Lewis County High School or even at an outdoor service, but today it has to be this way. It has to be by recording. This is an Easter like none I can ever remember. But I would like to welcome all of you. If you're a first time visitor, we're glad you've decided to join in this morning. If you have worshiped with us before, we're glad you've come back and hope that you will worship with us on a regular basis. If you're a regular at Vanceburg Christian Church, I want you to know that Gina and Lance and I are missing you very much and we look forward to our reunion. Also, the leadership and the ministers look forward so much to the next time that we can have worship together. I like what one preacher said this week when he said, we canceled church, but no one canceled the resurrection. One of our worship members reminded me this morning that we are the church. You and I are the church. Let us never stop celebrating the resurrection. Let us never stop being grateful that we are brothers and sisters in God's family. Let us march forward with the joy of the resurrection as the mighty kingdom of God. I'd like to thank each of you who have continued with donations and offerings to the church during the pandemic. If you have not had that chance yet, but would like to, you can do that in several ways. You could go to our website, which is vanceburgchristian.com, and there are icons there that you can click on in order to donate to the church. Another simple way to do it is by texting, and the number is 84321, and you can text that number and donate any amount that you would like to Vanceburg Christian. And then there's the United States Postal Service, and you can mail a check to Vanceburg Christian, P.O. Box 37, Vanceburg, Kentucky, 41179. And now, listen to some Easter greetings from our VCC family. Happy Resurrection Day to you and to yours. Nicole, Keely, and Lucas here. We just want to say how much we miss our VCC family. And we can't wait until we're all back together. We've really been enjoying our Sunday service online with Tom. But with the coronavirus, it's not the same. We just want to say that we are all in this together. Stay healthy, stay home, and happy Easter. Hey guys, how you doing? This is the Kislax. Uh, you know, with the virus going on, it's been kind of rough. We've been doing exactly what we're told, staying at home, not going out, not going places, not doing a whole lot. I know April's been dealing a lot with it at her job, and it's kind of crazy, isn't it? It is. But miss you all. Can't wait till we all get back together again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, just, we want you guys to know that we love you very much. We miss our church family. But, you know, the Bible 
gives us a lot of scriptures that we can lean on during these tough times. And one of my favorite ones is Isaiah 41.10. It says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you and my righteous with my righteous right hand. I think that's important because we have a place to go. I pray for those who don't have a place to go, for those who don't know Christ like we do. So I'm hoping through this tough time that we may see a few more people that are going to go, you know what, I want to know what this Jesus thing is all about. Because I'll tell you what, I know my family will, and I know the rest of our church family will. We'll be there to help them understand, to let them know, and to direct them. So we love you guys. We thank you. We'll see you soon. Yep. Love you. Bye. Hi. I'm Samantha. And I'm Paisley. And I'm Paisley. And who are you? Timmy. No, what's your name? India. <laughs> this is And during the coronavirus, we've been staying healthy at home. Um, me and Ryan have been working still, so our schedule hasn't changed much. Have you been doing your NTI packet? Yeah. And what else? And I've been doing homework. Homework, and you all been playing? Yeah, playing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoying the nice weather? Yeah. All right. We miss church, and we can't wait to come back. Jesus is alive and well. God with the Emmanuel. He died for sin. Three days later, he rose again. Jesus. everybody Jesus is alive and well and Christians all over the world are celebrating that fact today this is probably the most unusual Easter Sunday any of us can ever remember as we continue to worship together apart doing everything that we can to stay healthy and keep others healthy during this coronavirus pandemic so Keep on doing the best you can to love God and love people. Try to use this time to get closer to God so that when we do come back together, we'll come back stronger than ever before. Were you able to sing along with that little song with me? Let, let's try that again. Jesus is alive and well. God with the same man you he died for sin, three days later he rose again, Jesus is alive and well, he's no longer in the tomb, he is risen as he said, when the stone rolled away, landed on the serpent's head, the devil is defeated, let's storm the gates of
Jesus is alive, that means that He is Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead and He is Lord. Every knee will bow, every
all the difference in the world. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to to Luke chapter 24 and as we turn there let's just be reminded how terrible it was for the followers of Jesus right after he died 
He had tried to get them ready for this moment. He taught them multiple times that he was going to Jerusalem where he would be arrested. He would be put on trial. He would be sentenced to death and he would be crucified. But he said he would rise on the third day. And it seemed like the disciples were so focused on the terrible part that their master, the one that they loved so much, would die when he didn't deserve to die. That they couldn't hear the last part about the resurrected resurrection. So this is where they were. They were so despondent until they found out the truth about the resurrection. So let's pick up the action in Luke 24, verse 13. <clears throat> now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. What were they talking about? That Jesus, their leader, had been arrested, falsely accused. He'd never done anything wrong, but he was put on trial, found guilty, tortured, mocked, nailed to a cross like a common criminal to die a painful, cruel death, then buried in a tomb. These were the things they were talking about as they walked along. It says, as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. One of the things we notice about the resurrected Jesus is that he had the ability to prevent others from recognizing him. Even people who knew him well couldn't recognize him. He must have had a purpose for this. I think he wants to have a conversation with these two without them realizing who he is. Verse 17, he asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. See how sad they were. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? You see, maybe more than a hint of sarcasm as he's talking to this stranger. Don't you know what's going on here? Everybody in Jerusalem is talking about what happened to Jesus, and, and you don't know this? <clears throat> what things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed, before God and all the people. These men knew that Jesus was sent from God. He was a prophet, a special kind of prophet. He was powerful in word. When Jesus taught, he taught with authority. When he taught, people were amazed. When his enemies tried to argue with him, he confounded their arguments with logic. They could not stand up to his words. He was powerful in word and powerful in deed. This man could turn water into wine. He could walk on water. He could say the word and a storm would be calmed. He could heal the sick, make the lame to walk, cause the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the mute to speak. 
He healed leprosy. He drove out demons. He was powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. They continue. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. Of all the people who should have recognized the Messiah when he came, it should have been the religious leaders. But as John's Gospel says, he came into his own, but his own did not receive him. But to those who did receive him, he gave the right to become children of God. So he was sentenced to death. They crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. All the Jewish people knew that God had promised to send a Messiah, a Redeemer, who would set them free. It says they had hoped that Jesus would be the one. Did you catch the past tense there? We had hoped. Seems like they don't have high hopes anymore. Their hopes were all in the past, and their hopes died along with Jesus. They continue, and what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. So these men knew that Jesus had died. They knew he'd been buried, but they'd heard these reports from reliable witnesses that the tomb was empty. What could this possibly mean? Well, Jesus had given them a chance to talk, and now he wants to do some talking. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. He seems a little bit harsh with them. How foolish you are, slow to believe. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? Sometimes we lose sight of the fact that suffering is a part of God's plan. Jesus had to suffer. He was later known as the suffering Messiah. He had to suffer before he would enter his glory. Sometimes we followers here have to suffer before we find glory as well. It says in verse 27, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. I keep saying over and over that you can't get the full grasp of the New Testament without some knowledge of the Old Testament. It all goes together. The New Testament is the Old Testament fulfilled. All through the pages of the Bible, even before he came to earth, you see hints of Jesus. You see the unfolding of God's radical plan to save all of humankind through Jesus. So Jesus goes through the Old Testament explaining to them what was written in the scriptures about the Messiah, about him. They don't know it yet, but they're talking to this Messiah. Verse 28 says, As they approached the village to which they were going, 
Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. I think their attitude had changed along the way. They started out maybe a little bit sarcastic and holding Jesus at a distance as they talked to him. But as he unfolded the scriptures to them, they saw that Jesus was somebody that they wanted to listen to. They wanted to hear more from him. And they point out the fact that it's getting kind of dark. I don't think you want to be traveling on after dark. It was dangerous to travel at night in those days. So they're talking to Jesus about getting him to stay with them. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. Now, I'm not so sure that Luke wants us to understand this as a traditional communion ceremony that they're partaking in here, but we see some hints of it, a glimpse of it. Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it, gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Now, if we were meeting together, this might be the time when we would stop and have communion. And remember, the best way to have communion is all together. Communion is meant to be celebrated together. But in these days, we're just going to do the best we can. And I have urged you the past couple of weeks to try to do the best you can with your family to have something there that represents the body of Jesus, something that represents his blood. I have uh, just a piece of ordinary bread here that I'm going to eat. This, this piece of bread represents the broken body of Jesus that he gave for us. And even if you don't normally keep grape juice around, there are things that we have on hand that could remind us of the juice that we normally have. I took some powdered grape mix, mixed up some juice that reminds us of the blood, the innocent blood of Jesus that he willingly shed on the cross to pay for our sins. And every time we eat the bread and drink from the cup, we are reminded of the great sacrifice of Jesus. And it was in the breaking of bread that these two had their eyes opened up and they recognized Jesus. I think sometimes when we have communion together, it opens up our eyes so that we can see Jesus just a little more clearly. So their eyes were opened up. They recognized him. He disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us 
while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. Remember how despondent they were. Their faces were downcast. Their hopes were in the past. But now, since Jesus had opened up the scriptures to them, their hearts were burning within them. When's the last time your heart was burning within you? Maybe you need to let Jesus open up the scriptures for you. So they got up, returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven, and those with them assembled together. <clears throat> they couldn't wait to get back to the others. Remember how they hinted that it's a little bit dangerous to travel at night? Well, here it was, even later, and they don't think it's too dangerous to travel now. They were not going to let anything keep them from getting back to other believers. They immediately got up and walked those seven miles from Emmaus back to Jerusalem to be with the other believers. One thing I'm hearing over and over as I talk with some of you is that you will never ever take church attendance for granted again. You can't wait to get back to other believers. And that's what happens when your heart is really burning with the scripture and with the love of the Lord and with the love of people. So they got up, returned at once to Jerusalem. They found the eleven <clears throat> and those with them assembled together and saying, it's true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. What are they doing here? They're sharing their stories of what the resurrected Jesus means to them. And that's what we need to do. Share our stories about what the resurrected Jesus means to us. Many people think that God is trying to get our attention throughout this pandemic that we're facing. He's trying to get us to look at who Jesus really is. Our nation was founded on biblical principles, but look how far we've gotten away from those principles as a nation. Many scholars have pointed out that the ten plagues that God visited on the Egyptians during the Exodus, were all specifically aimed at the false gods of Egypt. They worshiped the sun. God says, okay, how about if I make it pitch dark for three days in a row? Where's your God now? They worshiped the Nile River. God says, okay, how about if I turn the water into blood? Over and over, you see how God specifically targeted the false gods of Egypt to get them to see that he was the one true God. Maybe God is trying to target our gods today in the United States. We sometimes idolize sports. God says, okay, how about if I take your sporting events away? Not just professional, college, no more t-ball. 
How about if I just take it away for a while? Then, will you put me first? Some people worship entertainment. God says, okay. How about if I shut down all the movie theaters, cancel the concerts, close the bars and the restaurants? If you're going to chase after entertainment, what if I just put an end to it for a while? Then, Will you seek me? And some people idolize money. They'd rather chase the almighty dollar than seek the face of the almighty God. So God says, okay, you want to worship money? Watch what I do to your booming economy. Shut down businesses. People laid off. Stock market goes down. Retirements damaged. Now, what are you going to do? Are you going to turn to me or are you going to still chase after money? I think that God is trying to give us a wake-up call. He wants us to focus on what is important. He wants us to get our priorities in line. He wants us to really see Jesus for who he is. And friend, what about you? Are you walking in the wrong direction? Remember these two that we read about, they were headed away from Jerusalem. Jerusalem was where everything was happening. They were going the wrong way. Do you need to turn around? Their faces were downcast. Have you lost the joy of the Lord in your life? Their hopes were in the past. What about your hopes? One of the things I've read recently says that the sale of alcohol has skyrocketed during this pandemic. Seems like a lot of people are trying to find hope in a bottle rather than in the resurrected Jesus. Friend, where are you? Are you walking the wrong direction? Are you not showing the joy of the Lord? Are you despondent? Are you without hope? Do you need to let the Jesus, the resurrected Jesus that we all know exist, come into your heart, set your heart on fire by explaining the scriptures to you. Friend, that's what Jesus wants to do for you today. He wants to come alongside you as you walk on the road of life. He wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to change your life and set your life on fire. So let Jesus do that for you. See the resurrected Jesus for who he really is. Let's pray. Lord, we want to thank you for our time together today. We thank you for the scripture that has been uh, read and explained to us. Lord, we want to thank you and praise you for the resurrected Jesus. Lord, we want to pray for this world that we live in. We pray for leaders to make good decisions. We pray for health officials to continue to teach us the best way we can stay safe and keep each other safe. Lord, we pray for those that have lost loved ones, for those that are sick, for those that are scared. Lord, we say a special prayer for those that are on the front lines, the first responders, health care workers, the truckers that are driving food to the stores and the people that are stocking shelves. people that are working at the cash register, 
putting their lives in danger so that we can have what we need. Lord, bless this nation. Bless your church. Bless all of those who follow you. Help us to, to keep the faith. Help us not to live in despair. Help us to put our hope in the resurrected Jesus. We pray all this in his wonderful name. Amen. Hello, Vanesburg Christian Church. It's Cody Willis with my wife, Whitney. We love and miss you guys. Um, basically, been staying at home, staying healthy. Uh, Whitney's been doing her MTI teaching from the house. Uh, I've been at the bank about every day, so uh, trying to keep everybody's money flowing. Guys, we love and miss you all. I uh, hope you all have a great, uh, great weekend, and uh, we'll see you when we get back. All right, love you. Bye.